We actually dealt with this question before, and sometimes you wonder, why do these questions keep on coming up? Like, we spoke about it, what's the problem? We answered the question, we did it, so why do we keep on asking the same question? And then you'll say, wow, we keep on talking about the same thing. Yeah, we do. Here's why. Because the real way to answer questions is not to answer them intellectually, but rather to answer them emotionally. And so, just because you have an answer to a question doesn't mean that the question is answered. As an example, in Likute Teira, one of the most oft-asked questions in one way or another is, why are we here again? Why did the soul have to descend into planet Earth? And then he'll answer it, and two pages later, he'll ask the same question again, and again, and again, and again. And the reason is because it's more like experiential. You answer the question, but I don't feel it. I don't get it. I'm not holding there. So you know how sometimes we feel that way? Like, you're just not holding there. You just don't feel like you're, I got the material, I got what you said, <clears throat> and I understood it fully, but I don't know how to integrate it into my life. And so <clears throat> that's okay. Because as we just learned in this week's Tanya, what we learned in the last few days is that every push, behold the chiyo, the chiyo, shemad chiyo, iskaf, yesitra achra, that there's a sitra achra, there's a force which is blocking you. And that force that's blocking you is supposed to be blocking you and he's supposed to make things difficult and you're meant to overcome and work through it. Once you get that, you get that you're doing the job. You're not perfect. Really? Yeah. You're not a tzaddik, you're not perfect, and that's okay. It's fine to be that way. The goal is to work through and sift through the issues. Okay, so I've got a question over here. And um, I asked... I don't know who the Oscar is, but... Do people send you questions while we're... Sometimes I get questions which come in pieces of paper at the end of the class, or during the class. No, at the end. And sometimes this one comes by email. You could always email me, rabbivigla at gmail.com. And so this question um, does identify the questioner. But I asked her if I should say it, and I don't know if she's in this class or the other class, that I don't know. I don't know who she is, but... Um, she said I should ask, I should actually deal with the question. So I will usually not um, give identifiable details as best I can, but this one was with permission. Um, and it's a very, 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 very difficult question. And when I saw it, I was like, this week, that's the question? I had the same question this week, and then I thought it was the same topic, and then I realized, no, 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 there was something else, and it was a totally different one, but just the same idea as the same question I had. So I was like, wow, that resonated with me. I said, I got, I got the same question. I've got to work through it myself. And so um, I worked through it together with a questioner, this question. Here's the question. Hi, I'm your student at Beis Rivka Sembeis. Hi. My aunt was sick for many years. Recently, her situation worsened, and I did everything I could think of. I worked in my bitachin. I davened for her a lot. I did mitzvahs as a schos for her. 
Most importantly, for the past few days, as her situation deteriorated and it seemed hopeless, I worked very hard to strengthen my bitachon that Hashem will heal her. Early this morning, this is five days ago, early this morning she passed away. What now? I know that Hashem does what's best for us, but how can I ever trust Hashem again that He will give us revealed good when I know that maybe it's not good for us? I think I'm not, I'm not explaining myself very clearly here. I'll forward the letter that I sent to the oil so that you can understand my question better. The question there is a lot clearer. And here's the question there. <clears throat> this is a very, very personal pun written to the rabbi, which is being shared. And thank you for sharing. Dear rabbi, may I never again be the bearer of bad news. My aunt and her name, past Rachel Freida Handel Basili Malach, passed away. I don't know what to think. My Yetzirah is confusing me. I know that Gamzula Teva, but how can that be true when she left five little children at home? How can I ever trust Hashem again? How can I trust that Hashem will give us revealed good after He betrayed my trust like that? I know that Hashem knows what's best for us, but still it is very difficult to accept and when I want to trust that Mashiach is coming very soon, how can I trust Hashem when I know that Hashem might not bring Mashiach now because maybe it's not good for us? Help. Like, yeah. Anyone got any answers? Does anyone have the same question? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. But let's first appreciate the question, right? So, I mean, I, I don't think anyone else didn't have the question on some level, this or the other one, happened this week. Um, you know, I went to be Menachem Abel this week, so um, what I heard from the Avelim was a fascinating story that Rabbi, um, his name was um, Shmerel Garari. Heard about him? Rabbi Shmerel Garari once came to the Rebbe and <coughs> what it seemed was that his son-in-law had passed away something like that his son-in-law was the Zidich of a something Rebbe or something I don't know what exactly but he passed away and the Rebbe wanted to know how big was the funeral so he passed he lived in Eretz Yisrael came to America and said how big was the funeral so he's like, um, funny question to ask, right? What do you mean how big was the funeral? So the rabbi told me it's important because if you had a big funeral, then what happened, something to this effect, I'm, I don't know the exact, this is fourth hand. He says that when you go to Shemaim, so if you have, um, if it's like a big commotion and an entourage, a lot of people coming in there, when you go up, so they don't notice like the details and they just let you go through, just like they see so many people there. So they let you go through. And um, yeah, so it's better to have a lot, lot of people at your funeral. Of course, I was thinking the opposite side, you know, when someone dies and they're 120 years old, nobody knows who they are by that point in time. So probably no one's there. So take your pick, which one you want, you know. 
um, of those options. But anyway, there was a funeral that took place, the same question really, that took place, um, oh sorry, the end of that story was, so Shmerel heard this and he went back to Eretz Yisrael. He was a very big supporter of all the yeshivas in Eretz Yisrael. And he told her by Frank Wolf, he, would pay, he gave him a, down a nice amount of money. He gave it to him and he said that uh, this money is um, so that when, when at my funeral basically, I want all the yeshivas to come. Everyone should come, I'm giving you a nice massive donation now. Now should get a big funeral. Then he came to the Rebbe for Tishrei, I think it was Tavshin Memhei. And if you heard the story, he went up, he was, he was honored, or he bought whatever the psiche of, of Kol Nidre. So he went up to the Oren Kodesh to open up the Oren Kodesh in 770 on, in Tishrei. Imagine what it's looking like. And he went up to open the Oren Kodesh. And you know the story? He went up to open the Oren and he had a heart attack or whatever, and he died. Right there. Like, the rebel was there, and he was there, and he died. And actually, we're trying to keep him alive and pump him up for a while with uh, um, Hatzalah, because it was, I mean, imagine how many Kohanim there must be in the room, and they're not allowed to be there. So they, if, if he's dead, then that's a big problem. So they were keeping him, the heart pumping there until they were able to get him out. Um, and they buried him there. So in the end, the question was, should we take him to Eretz Yisrael or not? And the Rebbe said that he would definitely prefer to be buried over here, next to the Friedrich Rebbe. And so, so much for all his money that he gave to them, he was buried over here and didn't get a funeral over there. But the Rebbe came out to his funeral, so he got that part. Anyway. So there was a funeral that took place over here, and it was actually, it, it was like, you've got to admit, pretty mind-boggling how it took place on... It's like the, the one day of the year, which is uh, that every single shlucha that was present over there, which was thousands of them, were all present to go to that funeral. But it was, for anyone who was there, one of the worst experiences you could ever be at, pretty much, and didn't go away. So yeah, what's the answer to this question? Anyone want to be brave and try to answer the question? You know the answer, right? It's very simple. Isn't it? Why is it so difficult? What? Right. So what do you do? Yeah. But this question is being posed in a way of like, I did this. I had bitachin. So my Yetzirah is confusing me. Because, I don't know who this one is, but it's five kid, little kids at home. So how can I trust Hashem again? He betrayed my trust. You told me, Tracht gut wird sein gut, right? I did it. It failed. So I know Hashem wants the best for us, and whatever happened, happened, and it's good. It must be good. But that's not a way to live. That what you want... That's where the question is being posed, right? What, what you want, you should ask for it and have betachal and you're going to get it. But when you don't get it, you should still trust. Like, seriously? So then he's telling me Mashiach is going to come and I should know that he's coming, I should trust that he's coming, but, but, but maybe he's not. And you'll also give me some story about afterwards, which, you know, do whatever you want. Okay, so... Will be good. It won't just like it doesn't matter what nature says. 
Hashem loves me and Hashem is, has control over everything and therefore everything will be good in a way I can see. And then once the bad thing happens, you, you like continue on to Muna where everything Hashem does is best for me, even if I can't see, even if it hurts like crazy. Right. And then, Except you, that then you continue back on to what Hashem will continue to do only the best. Right. Except that it's not exactly like that. That's also Bitochen. That second part of what you do afterwards is also Bitochen. Let's dissect it and see why. Yeah. Never have the worst, really positive, but in a way right. the worst, you kind of like not. Right. You're saying that's. Right. Expect the worst. And then if you get it, you at least spend you'll some time expecting it. Right. Negative thinking is, is always better. Because if you, um, if you get good, then, well, that's great. And if you don't, well, then at least you were expecting negative, so you're not as hurt by it when it happens. But that's what she's saying. I did the right thing. I perceived it correctly. This is like, this is after. I perceived no, it right. No, I'm not answering her. I'm saying in response to that point. Having negative thinking doesn't help Right. So let's first address. Let's first address this issue. This week's Tanya said that um, a lot of frustration and pain comes from your expectations. So that's, that was more like if you expect yourself to be a sod, it obviously will be true. Right. But you're saying expectations of good things also make a difference, right? Yeah. No, but I'm saying that that Matt, that's still there. It's not the, the idea is there. Okay. One second. Let me just first. Okay. Hold on. Let's address it. One more thing. Yeah. Right. Right, but we still need to answer this question. I was thinking positively, at least as far as I understand, as far as I could do, I was doing the best positive I could. And Hashem, you ruined the trust. You betrayed me. That's what's going on here. I think first it's important to, I think it's his last class, I think it's important to first like, feel, acknowledge the feelings like, yeah, she did. Acknowledge the grief. Right. Hashem betrayed her and by the way, everyone always says like it's very a part of a relationship is to feel the positive and negative relationship. Yes. Okay. So hold on. Let's let's break this down into into, a, into its components, right? So we understand what we're talking about. First point to realize, and I think this is the most important part of it, right? Until you are taught this whole idea of bitachin, there's a certain element of freedom that you have. Because well, there's how you portray yourself to the world, right? And so um, you know that no matter what, you, you can put on a show. So you can make a decision, you can decide, I'm going to put on a show to my friends and to my family and the people around me and my acquaintances and whoever you're with. And to them, I'm going to tell them everything's amazing, right? I'm going to pretend like everything's amazing, right? But, like I had this, this person I know very well, um, he lost Nebach, terrible, 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 but whatever, he lost his wife a few years ago, left him with a bunch of little kids. 
The guy walks out every single time you see him, like he's ecstatic. He just, you see Simcha all over his face. Okay, not all the time, but most of the time. And he, they had an amazing relationship. And I asked him this a bunch of times, and he said, but you don't see me what it's like at night. What I succeeded in doing was putting on a facade. It's all a show, tells me it's all a show. I'm just, I need to be pumped up. So I pump myself up. But inside, I'm a wreck. Now, at least you have one place that you can just be yourself, which is inside. You can be a wreck under your covers. What's the concept of bitachen? That you haven't got that space to run away to. That, that space which you want to run away to, which is nobody sees me, I'm by myself, right? Now we're learning something brand new. That space is what creates the reality. So when you're frustrated, you should be frustrated because that's what's causing the frustration. So now you're saying to me that when I'm by myself and no one's around and I'm all alone, what I'm thinking, not, not thinking, what I'm feeling is what, what's influencing the situation. So I don't even have the ability, the, the what should we call it, to relax in negative space. That's hard. Because not only do I have to put on a show to outside people, now there's a brand new idea. You've got to put on a show to yourself. And there's no way to put on a show to yourself. So you actually have to start believing it. And that's the point of Trachtgut. Every single time the Yetzirah comes your way and he says, let's get anxious, let's think negatively, let's expect the worst, all that stuff, all the negative stuff, you're being mindful that it's a Yetzirah and you're realizing that that's the problem. That is the problem, the way you're thinking about it. So you're like, okay, so you're telling me that I should fake it until mm. I make it. What? <laughs> right. <laughs> or you shouldn't fake it. That's the hard work. So can you see how you need a full-time job for this? That's why we're learning about it so much. Because if the goal of this year, I don't care what you learn this year. But if you walk out of this year and you get one change in you, that you actually get the tool with which to start thinking positively, then everything we learned was all worthwhile because your life will change totally. Yeah. Is it against her values to have low expectations? To have what? To have low expectations, like she was saying. Like, low expectations? Yeah. <laughs> low or no? No, let me explain to you. No expectations. Remember we said this, we learned about this, that you saying, Kol b'chareim aragta galto? That's called having low expectations. Kill the b'chor of Mitzrayim and redeem the b'chor of the Yidin. What's the b'chor of Mitzrayim? The b'chor of Mitzrayim is that you'll get, that I'm going to get this. That's my dream. What's b'chor of Yisrael? B'tachon and Hashem. Should you have low expectations? Yes, very low expectations. In fact, zero expectations. Because expectations are part of the problem. Expectations are a clipper. Hold on, I'm going to finish explaining this. Expectations are a clipper. They look like they're wonderful. They're not. When you tie yourself to expectations, what you're doing is, and this is what this young lady is doing, is paradoxically the 
opposite of bitochen. Now, what? What do you mean to what? Right, but hold on. Before you do, I just go to. I, I just go to back up a second before I do this. I just one second. Back up, back up, back up. I, I forgot to do one thing. I, I, we just like went through the question. If the person asking this question was asking in a different way, instead of saying my aunt passed away, Rahman al-Islan, the question was posed as my mother passed away, then I would not be having this class today. Okay, I wouldn't sit here and answer the question. No chance. My aunt, it's still hurtful, but it's a little bit easier to answer the question. Can you see the difference? If it's my mother, then, well, then you're living a very, 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 very harsh and tough reality day in, day out. Then what we need to do right now, right here, is sit and cry together. Nothing else. I'm not going to sit and try to answer your question. I'm not going to sit and try to tell you to tracht good. None of the above. I'm going to sit and cry. That's what I'm going to do. Like, if, if you walk into a shiva house, don't tell them to tracht good. They can tell you that. But you keep your mouth shut because you don't begin to understand the pain and the grief. That's why. So the first thing is to realize just how, like, when that thing happens to that person, that person is living with a grief. And in Torah, there's such a thing called Avelus. Avelus is mourning and to cry. And you're supposed to cry. You ever see by the Rebbe how he's, there's so many of them, where like Admosai and the cry and the, the absolute pain of whatever happens when, when all these things transpire. There's a, there's a the, the heart is, is, is literally crying and in pain. So. What were you saying about negative stuff, which you're saying, I'm getting to the moment. I'm just, I had to just backtrack a second oh. because, well, I felt like I was like, one second, we were answering the question. What are you answering the question? How dare you basically answer the question? Essentially, what you're doing is you're walking into a holy space. So there's, there's a raw space of holy emotion, right? That raw space, don't walk into it. You have no right to walk into it. You have no right to say trachgut. But what I'm doing is, I'm making an assumption about this question, I am, because I couldn't keep a straight face and not cry. I didn't go to the funeral over here last week. I went to the oil straight. And um, I don't know them at all. I just felt I needed to be there. I was there and I have no words. It was bad. It was like as bad as you get, right? Now, me, I walk away with questions and with, with a feeling of what's with all the trachting good and all that. That's my question. But you see how it's not the same question as if it's a child. So the first thing I'm saying is, if that's the question, go right into the grief and sit there and don't move away. So it's, there's a recognition of the pain. But if I'm asking the question for myself, I'm, I'm just saying I don't understand it. And it's, it's like it's emotional, but it's intellectual because, you know, I'm walking away from it and my life goes back to normal. I just don't understand certain things. So that's what we're answering over here. Okay, I just wanted to put, point that out. Yes. Correct. Not justifying it, but like making like 
And I also don't think this goal is actually going to get an answer. Like, I don't think she's actually going to, like, well, let's try. Why don't we try? She asked, so let's try answer. Let's try answer a. I, I, what, you, you, you seem to be saying there's no answers that are satisfying. I mean, that you, in other words, what you're saying is that answers can be answered intellectually but not emotionally. Let's understand the pro. Let's let's outline the process, right? It's much easier to outline the process in a class than it is to actually go through the process. That we can accept. But we could outline the process. Step one is grief. Now, once a person's ready to say, let's overcome, now we can move to step two. That could take a long time. Yes, right? But I want to just address this question and yes, try to answer it. I'm going to answer it in a very, very, very harsh way. But say it like it is and then accept the challenge of how to do it. First of all, go back to that point we said before. What goes on inside your head and your heart is what makes the whole difference. Once you get that, you now have a life's mission ahead of you. A whole life's mission. Because the goal is to get to feel good inside you and not to pretend to other people. So here's the difference. When you pretend, you can pretend. So you don't need to know the answer why. When it's inside you, you can't keep pretending to you. Because you're going to keep on getting inside your head. And what you want to get is get out of your head and into your heart. And become connected to Hashem for real. That's why the Savoida is so important. That's why it's so difficult. Because what we're talking about is actually believing in Hashem for the first time. Yeah? Isn't this the exact opposite of what you've been saying in all the classes until now? Which is what? I said before, feel the grief. That's real. Uh, when a, no, no, no. One second. I'm saying not to put on the facade. Opposite. I'm saying it, you, it looks like you can put on a facade. When you have a feeling, right? When, be honest and real. That's the point. You, if, you, if the person feels grief, feel the grief. Feel the grief. Don't deny. I'm not grieving. That's okay. No, you are grieving. That's okay. Feel the grief. Accept it. Accept that this is hard. And now we're going to work our way to a relationship with Hashem. Not because I want to show you anything, because I want to show me. You follow? It's, it's got to be real. Before, you, when you were saying about your friend that was showing everyone happiness on outside the yeah. and then you said you have to feel happy on outside Yep. Shouldn't you be feeling sad? You should be feeling sad, and then you should be working on your trachting good. You can't be sad for five years. Right? So there's, there's be sad and then there's push the abishta inside you. It's accept. You know what be sad? How sad should you be? Until you can say, identify exactly what you feel. And now you're ready for the next step. So let's just run the next step. Okay, yeah. What's the difference between having for like the and not having certain expectations? Let's discuss it now. Good. Excellent point. Here's what it is. Okay. Now, I'm going to say it like it is. I hope this person forgives me. This is not bitachin. What she had over here is not bitachin. In fact, I'm going to say it like it is, because I had the same thing, that's why. So I'm going to say it to myself, not to her. This is the opposite of bitachin. No one is not bitachin, it's the opposite of bitachin. Now go back to the sikha on bitachin. What does it say there? It says, 
that there were those who say, that was the Chazanish and others, who said that Bitochen doesn't mean you know what's going to happen. Right? Bitochen means, Hashem, whatever you do is good. Remember that Sicha? That's the one in Shemais. On Trach, the design good? One second. But he says in the Sicha, that's Emunah. That's not Bitochen. That's Emunah. Yes. Now whatever Hashem does is good. Bitochen means that you're going to get this good thing. So now, you think to yourself, okay, so if I have bitochen that my aunt is going to live and survive this, then she will live. Because you're saying that whatever you're, you're allowed to have, and then you're saying, have less expectations, because look, look what happens when you have bad expectations, when you have, when you have expectations and they don't work. So let's get this straight. That's not bitochen. That's the opposite of bitochen, because you're trying to control Hashem. Can you see that? Bitochen means you're letting Hashem control the show and you know it's going to be good. This is, I want my aunt to live and I'm not God, but you're telling that if I have bitochen, I can be God. So I'm going to have the bitochen and I'm going to get it. You're looking for the Oh, that's one big difference. What you have, here's, when a person says, Roshani Yom Kippur, um, Hashem, I want to make a million dollars this year. What are they really saying? Do you want a million dollars on Rosh Hashanah Kippur? Right? Let's say three years ago when there was Corona. And Rosh Hashanah, nobody knew to think about Corona. Right? Then Corona came along and Rahman al-Islam, there were dozens and dozens and dozens of Leviathans going on in Crown Heights. Right? All those things happened. Terrible things. So, if that was one of your family members, Chas Vashon, so then go back to Rosh Hashanah Kippur. What do you prefer in Rosh Hashanah Kippur? A million dollars? Or that person living? You don't know what you want, Rosh Hashanah Kippur, because you don't know what's about to happen. So when you say, I want a million dollars, can we retranslate what you really want? Do you want a million dollars? Or do you want what a million dollars gives you? What does a million dollars give you? <laughs> right. Whatever those feelings are, identify those feelings. What a million dollars gives me is kach v'kach v'kach. It's called, in Tanya, he calls it, in chapter 11 in Igeris HaKodesh, toiv hanire ve'anigle. That's what it's called. In English, don't ask for the thing, ask for the feeling that accompanies the thing that you want. So, you have a thing that you want, that's okay, I want a million dollars. Why? Because right now, I really want money. That's what I want right now. But, during the course of the year, I might change that. I don't know. I might prefer to have health. Because I have health right now, so I'm not asking about that. So what I want is not this or that or that or that. What I want is the experience of Toiv HaNir Nigla that comes with it. That's the difference between Emunah and Bitochen. Emunah means Hashem is good, whatever He does is good. So whether I see it or not, it's going to be good. If it's good, it's all good, whether, even, even if it's bad. Bitochen is, through my having Bitochen, I'm going to see Toiv Hanire Vehanigle, right? Case in point, I'm sure I told you. What? And therefore you'll feel it. Because what are you asking for? What are you asking for? If you don't feel it, what's the point? Case in point, I'm sure I told you that story, imagine, about when, like a year ago, when I was building a yeshiva, had a house coming, and and then I was like, 
we're about to lose this because the zoning is stopping us and it's, it was like a whole thing of stopping us. I told you the story, right? So, about five times, right? So, when it was about to happen, right? So now, I was like letting go, letting Hashem run the show. Do you know what show Hashem ran in the end? He didn't give me what I thought He would give me. He gave a different building. But... It's like, what do you prefer? A house or a $5 million building and a, and a thing and to buy it and to whatever and to have a whole yeshiva set up? Well, Hashem's not stupid. He knows exactly what you actually want. Right, but I don't. And so I was thinking to myself, Hashem, can you make it work with this house? And he's like, could you let me run the show? Like, why are you trying to take over and tell me what to do? You do one thing. And that is realize your feelings matter. You think to yourself, Hashem is with me. How would you feel if you know Hashem says, Bubala, I promise you, I'm giving you the best, the best, unbelievable things what you're going to get. You're going to be happy that He told you that? He said to them, I'm not giving you what you want. Don't give me any expectations. You know why? Because you're not getting, you're saying don't have expectations over there because you might get there. In case you get there, rather have expectations down there. He's saying, let go of all expectations. Watch me, Hashem, run the show. He does know what's good yes, for you. He does. What does that mean, what's good for you? Meaning, like, oh, let's say there's two things. Like, I mean, in, that, in that case, it was pretty obvious. It was better for you to get a massive building than that. I'm not sure, because right now they're asking for a lot of money. I don't know where it's coming from. <laughs> uh, what does it mean that what's best for you? Meaning, like, it, it mean, two things to be best for you. You know what it means? It means that you feel that it's best for you. You know how you feel yeah. the difference between good and bad, right? And you feel it. So here's how to work it. And you can watch another sikh of the Rebbe talking about this. Or it means in the higher realms. No, 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 no. No higher realms. That's not, that's not bitachin. That's a difference. There's a beautiful sikh where the Rebbe talks about it. Here's what he says. He says you've got to differentiate in bitachin between what's going to happen versus what happened. In bitachin. Right? You can watch him talk about it. Beautiful sikh. Google it. He says, if I'm talking about what's going to happen, I have a confidence in toiva nireva nigle. So you think to yourself, here's how you do it, right? This is what we learned about Haman and Mordechai, if you recall. You think to yourself, okay, what do I want? Haman, what do you want? I want, I want to have the king should come down and carry me on a horse. That's what I want. That's called, I want my aunt to live. That's what I want. Now do this. Now put Mordechai on the horse instead of Haman, which is what does your Nefesh Elikis get out of this? So the Nefesh Elikis says, if my aunt will live, right? This is before. How will I feel? And take that feeling and live with that feeling now. So I'll feel euphoric. I'll feel happy. I'll feel ecstatic. Whatever your feelings are. What? Exactly. Be in denial. Be in denial. Can I give you another way to say be in denial? Close your eyes and take your right hand and you say, Shema Yisrael Hashem Eloikeinu Hashem Echod. You say in Hebrew, it's not I deny, it's Adoi. <laughs> in other words, I deny the existence of worldly control. Hashem control. That's the core. The right hand shuts the world out, doesn't exist. Hashem Eleikeinu Hashem Echod. 
as the Alter Rebbe explains, if Hashem is a lekeinu, and you get it, and you feel it, because that's a lekeinu, then Hashem will become echad. So, by Hashem echad echad. By the way, when you say, I deny, right? That's the example I gave you once about when I watched my little baby being born, and there was suddenly the, the doula played when, she was, when the baby was born. What an experience. Took 11 kids to get the doula to come in and she played it. Unbelievable. As the baby was born, she played the Rebbe speaking. was like, wow. Because then I watched this baby, I'm like, where did you come from? And then you see that you think reality is real, right? No, it's not. But you're like making a mockery out of it, as if, as if we control. Hold on, I'm going to finish this thought. So that's the Shema Yisrael, Avayi Lekin Avayi Echad. Ayid believes that Hashem Lekin Hashem Echad. Now, reality, <laughs> good luck. Reality is whatever Hashem dictates and maneuvers it to. What are you meant to be doing? You think, if my aunt lives, what will I feel? Take that feeling and start living with it now. If you think it's going to be done in one go, Good luck with that. That's going to be again and 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 again. So you said not to put on a fake Right. That's why you're going to daven and work hard on yourself. And you're going to work hard that you're trusting in Hashem. You're throwing yourself into Hashem's arm. It's like thrusting yourself at His hands. Right? The Rebbe Sichas, in God we trust. He used the Yiddish word. I can't remember. It's a great Yiddish word. It doesn't say in the American doll, in God we believe. Because you know what trust is? Trust is like you, get, you put your money in a trust. It's, you know it's 100% there. That's clarity. Yes? Okay, I, I still, I'm still struggling with how you juxtapose dominating and every chapter, like, or like asking your reference every chapter. Like, what's, isn't it like kind of like measuring, like, you know, like Hashem, he's, he's driving the road, you know, don't be a backseat driver. Don't like, no, The whole driver. art of davening, Refo'enu Hashem, please God, give her a cure. Please cure so, so and so, bas so and so. Right? Then you say Baruch. Baruch means to draw down. I know what's happened. It's a request. Hashem, please do this and this and this. And then you move back into the space of absolute happiness. Now, try doing this when you're sitting in front of a, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a, an impossible space. It's so hard. It's so, so, so difficult. When you're walking in front of a sick person, you're sitting over there and you know that to feel Hashem's presence in this impossible moment. It's very, 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 very difficult, right? Ask Hashem for what you want and then go back to a space of feeling Hashem's presence every step of the way. You know what you do when you daven? Davening in a certain way to many, many people, what it does is it gets us to feel bad actually because I'm, ask, I'm crying, Hashem, please save her. And then all I feel is, before I was feeling good, now I asked you to save her, now I'm feeling bad actually because I'm so sad. You can never end davening on a sad note. Davening is asking Hashem for what you need and then baruching Hashem down, feeling Hashem's presence. Right? That's how you daven. It's ask and then bitochen. What's the bitochen? Now, it didn't happen. Not the way you perceived it to happen. So now let's comes... Say, one sec, one sec. Now comes the opposite direction. Now what you're looking at is something that happened. So what you do now? She died. That's the fact. She's gone. Is that bad? Yes. It looks bad. But what do we know? We now have to put on a whole different set of tools that we have. We know that Ein Ra Yered I'm going to shut my eyes again. What you see as bad 
is not really bad. Ain ra yerd milamayla. So what you were thought was bad before I had to have an idea as one idea. Clearly that wasn't the idea because Hashem didn't want it to happen, so it didn't happen. So what am I doing now? Now I'm going to work my way to say, if it happened, and this is what occurred in the past, that must be good. And then I'm going to be like, you're kidding me. And it's easy to say that, but when you feel it, the pain and the grief, you let the pain run straight through and you feel it. And then you throw yourself into Hashem's arms and you say, Hashem, I still know that you're with me. You know what you're going to see when you keep on doing that process? That's the Trachtgut process. Trachtgut before is I know it's Teibanir Banigla, I feel good. Trachtgut after is it happened and Ein Ra Yerd Milamailo. No bad comes from above. So I'm allowing myself to feel that I'm still in Hashem's embrace. Mummies know this trick. All mummies know that how do you console and comfort a baby? You don't solve the problem. You can't solve the problem. What does a mummy do? Natural mummying, which everyone knows. What do you do? You embrace the baby. You hug her and you say, I don't know, I love you. And you don't have to say it even. You just hug like crazy. And what does the person feel? Embraced. The opposite of being abandoned. You feel like you're with me. That's what it's about. So the process of tracht gut is, this is bitachon. It's not think that you're going to know. Not tracht as sevet zayin's azayin azayin. It's tracht gut. Get your, realize you are super duper important. You and your feeling, which you have inside. And when you can lead it to a good space before, I, I, I don't know what it's going to be. I'm not expecting nothing. What I'm expecting is, I want that to happen. Please, Hashem, make this happen. If it happens, I'll feel that. Get that feeling. Bring it right down to here. What about the expectation? Delete. Every time he's saying to himself, oh, so now you see she's looking. Delete, 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 delete. Press control, alt, delete. Every time you have an expectation. Because that expectation, you're measuring yourself against that expectation. That's what's causing you the problems inside. Right? So you allow yourself to just let go into Hashem's loving and embracing arms. And then, chas v'sholem, something like this occurred. If it did, you follow the other way. And what do you do? You vite their trachtgut. And people who are cynics will say, so basically, Hashem can do whatever He wants because you'll be with Him this way or that way. Exactly. That's the reason people don't believe because it's not. Hashem's not a trustworthy person. Right. He's not a trustworthy person at all. Correct. <laughs> but you know what's going to happen to you? What will happen is miracles. Because here's the story. You know that this person lived and had X amount of years to live. And you know that these kids had to go through X amount of challenges and difficulties and that's, that's just the way it is, right? And that is actually the best, best, best thing for them. And there's no way you as a mortal can understand. We're not playing God, but we're, yes, we're having a Muna and we're realizing I have a Muna. But guess what? People who have a Muna and then draw it down into Bitochen live a happy, healthy life. So this is not about arguing whether or not, like, yeah, I agree, it stinks. But at the end of the day, Yes, until they crash. And Jews who live with tracht gut don't crash. We live in a space with Hashem and we get always into that space and miracles will happen all along, including the miracles of um, the miracles of that. Can I tell you a quick last story for 30 seconds? I went to um, a funeral, that same person, right? So there was a funeral which took place about four years ago. So there was a shiva house, a mother died, she had six kids. Six kids, I think. Yeah. And uh, at, the, at the, so there was, you know, imagine how many people come to the house. They were like, the house is full of hundreds of people when the shiva ended. Because every, every kid had a friend, all his friends and all that, you know. 
So they, they put up a big sign, and then at the Shiva house, the father instructs, and they started to sing, you know the Thank You Hashem song? Thank you Hashem. And the whole place started singing it. Now you couldn't sing that unless he started it. But he started it, so they sang it. So then, that was a few years ago, and then um, a couple weeks ago, he got married in Eretz Yisrael. And I'm not saying it's good, but it is what it is. It was impossible. He said he would never get married, ever, ever, ever. And then he met one lady, and the same situation as him, and they got married. And so I was doing the, the uh, wedding a couple weeks ago in Eretz Yisrael, and at the wedding, they finished the Oidi uh, Shama, you know, right after the chuppah. And as they finished it, they went and the band changed the song and they were doing the Thank You Hashem song. And it was such a powerful moment. It was like, And it was a person embodying the ability to live the before and the after and to see Hashem's presence in every single thing.